It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports, parents fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've entered another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Victory Monday as the Packers take care of the Philadelphia Eagles 30-16 to in a game where Aaron Rodgers throws his 400th career touchdown pass, becoming the fastest player ever to do that, and a game in which the Packers also forced the Eagles to bench Carson Wentz. Wentz finished 6 of 15 for 79 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. That is a 57.4 passer rating and the Packers were winning by 20 when that move was made. This was a game that had the feel coming in, whether it was before or after the reports came out for me in Rappaport that Doug Peterson's job was on the line, whether it was before or after we found out that there was a meeting with Peterson and some of the team leaders, Wentz, uh, Brandon Graham, And some of these guys to say, look, we need accountability and the NFC East is still open for Philly, or at least it was. That door is looking like it is closing by the day, if for no other reason than this team does not look like a team that belongs anywhere near the postseason. Now, maybe no one in the NFC East does. That seems not only uh, possible, but likely. But they have shown nothing that suggests they belong near the playoffs still. This was going to be a game where they came in and played like the more desperate team because they were. Green Bay was going to the playoffs. They come in eight and three. They're playing at home. They're heavy favorites. They are supposed to win this game. And Philly comes out and thanks to a penalty on Shannon Sullivan uh, and and a couple little plays to get the, the Eagles down the field, they jump out to a 3-0 league. The first time in a month they have a lead. The Packers come out in the second quarter 
and they score 14 straight points in the second quarter. Now, they came out after that field goal and go, and go three and out, and you kind of go, oh, well, maybe this is one of those games. Philly comes out inspired. It's the kitchen sink game. They're going to throw everything they can at the Packers. But as Philly starts to drive, they get back-to-back sacks from Rashawn Gary and Kingsley Kiki. The Packers' defense came to play in this game, even above and beyond the norm. Philadelphia managed just 16 points. They managed three with their regular starting quarterback. And beyond that, you sort of have to take everything with a grain of salt because Hertz runs a different style of offense. He made a lot of plays with his legs when the Packers were in man coverage, just sort of creating a 10 or 12-yard run. And I think if, if the Packers had had the whole game to plan against Jalen Hurts, that would look a little bit different. More to the point. In three first-half possessions, they only had three. And after the end of the first quarter, the Packers only had three minutes of total possession. At the end of the first half, Green Bay takes a 14-3 to lead. It's a double-digit lead for the ninth time in 12 games for the Philadelphia Eagles. This Eagles team, not very good. In the third quarter, Aaron Rodgers makes the milestone touchdown pass to Devontae Adams. The 400th TD pass of his career becomes the fastest player to do that in league history. And this game is essentially over at that point. It's 20 to 3. Mason Crosby misses the extra point because I guess that's just the way 2020 works. And it really feels insurmountable at that point. The Eagles are not going to score 17, much less 18 to pull ahead. And so you ease off the gas a little bit. Now, the Packers didn't necessarily have to. They end up getting the field goal from Mason Crosby. He extends his league best streak of 30 consecutive field goals inside of 50 yards. And whatever Jalen Hurts does in the fourth quarter, Jalen Hurts does. Ultimately, Darnell Savage ends the game on an interception after a 77-yard touchdown run from Aaron Jones when the game was 23-16, a one-score game. But it never really felt like that. This was a game that was going to end as a 14-point game. Eh, probably, I guess, belongs in that range. This was at least a two-score win. The Packers were in control really from the outset. And you never at any point felt like the Packers were not in command of what was going on. I mean, the Packers offense averaged 7.2 yards per play. The Eagles offense averaged 4.7 yards per play. And from a passing perspective, it didn't matter that Zach Ertz was back. It didn't matter that the Packers struggled with tight ends. Yeah, the, the tight ends got theirs. Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz did some stuff. It didn't really help this offense that much. And really, only 10 of those points came from... The, the Eagles offense because one of the touchdowns came from Jalen Rager on a 74-yard punt return. The Packers special teams still an issue. It's looking more and more like J.K. Scott is, all things considered, the worst draft pick of the Brian Gutekunst era, if for no other reason than he picked a punter. And if you're going to pick a punter, he better be Ray Guy or you've made a terrible mistake. It turns out it's a terrible mistake. J.K. Scott, not only not a very good punter, but is the worst tackler in the league by far. The second straight time that he's been in position to make a tackle, to prevent a touchdown, and has literally not laid a finger on the returner. I thought the Packers fired Ron Zook. 
All right, different discussion for a different day. The Packers in this game had to face a team that was more desperate than it was. Had to face a team with plenty of pedigree, a Super Bowl winning coach, a quarterback that had at at one point in his career been an MVP front runner. Plenty of players on this team were also on that Super Bowl team. Now, a lot of those guys, guys like Alshon Jeffrey, just not really nearly as good as they were at the time. Uh, Darius Slay and Avante Maddox, those guys leave this game in the second half. But the game was over. The game was over. Green Bay's offensive efficiency was excellent. Aaron Rodgers finishes 25 of 34 for 295 yards and three touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 130 yards on 15 carries, just kept just kept at it. Devontae Adams, 121 yards, two touchdowns on 10 catches. They could not cover Devontae Adams as predicted. Of course, Aaron Rodgers' stats might look a little bit better if, if MVS catches the 70-yard heave down the field. A couple bad drops in this game, and yet Green Bay coasted to 30. Now, yes, it took you know the, the, the Jones play to get you to 30 but you know those are those are things when you have outstanding players when you have elite talent and Jones is an elite talent they put you in position to make plays like that and the packers made the plays that they needed to make more to the point they were able to find that gear that you need in January the the other team is coming in here with something to prove, understanding we are the better team and we need to fight. We need to scrap. We need to claw our way to a win. The Packers were facing a desperate team. They were facing a team with their season on the brink, with their coach, their coach that is beloved in that locker room, facing questions about his long-term future. A quarterback facing long-term questions about his future, and really an organization in flux with massive salary cap questions in 2021. This team could look remarkably different next year than it does right now and, and likely will have to because of the financial restrictions being placed on them. And based on what we saw on Sunday, it looks like Jalen Hurts deserves to be the starting quarterback moving forward. This could be very similar to 2010 When the Packers knock out Kevin Cobb against the Eagles in week one, Michael Vick comes in, pushes the Packers to the brink at the end of the game. It would be fitting symmetry if that were the case. And Green Bay goes on, let's say Green Bay goes on to win a Super Bowl this year. Certainly Green Bay will go on to compete for a Super Bowl this season. Beating the Eagles in this way, in a way that echoes that 2010 game, would be a a fitting way to push this team forward. In a game where did they play ultra crisp football? No. Green Bay gets a 14-point win against a, a squad that in the preseason was predicted to be, if not the best in the NFC, one of the best in the NFC. Now, clearly their season has not gone that way. So we can't view this this win through that lens. We can't say, oh, well, they were a preseason darling and therefore XYZ. No, this has been a bad team. But Green Bay did what you're supposed to do to bad teams. They got up early 
And when they made their run in the second half and and a a prideful NFL team is going to make a run. Green Bay made the plays in the fourth quarter of the year and Jones played the Darnell Savage leaping interception. Darnell Savage, by the way, is a star player, a star player. He makes the play to seal the game. Aaron Jones makes the offensive play to seal the game and the Packers win by two scores. These are the games you need to string together and the games that the Packers couldn't string together. Last year, this was a game. Green Bay, it's 30 to 23 with a minute 30 left, and Green Bay is trying to extend the clock to to not have to to give Jalen Hurts the ball back. I mean, that's what happens. And by the way, I picked 30 to 23. But but this time, and maybe even and maybe even 20, 23, 23, and the Packers have to go down to get a field goal to win 26, 23, something like that. That was what would happen last year. Last year is not this year. This team is different. This team is better. They've proven it, and these are the kinds of steps you want to see them take against a desperate team to match desperation with execution and find a way to get an impressive win even when you are not playing your best and even when you still make some critical mistakes. You go out and you get a two-score win against a team whose season was on the line. Before we move on, let's talk about our friends at DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You've got plenty on your plate, so why not fill your actual plate? You want Chinese, you want pizza, you want frozen yogurt, whatever you want, DoorDash has it. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed in a lot of cases, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open. Just open the DoorDash app and select your favorite local restaurants and your food will be left at your door. Right now, Locked on Packers listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their next order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDON. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. I think it's worth talking about where the Packers stand at the moment because I don't think we learned anything offensively or defensively about this team that we didn't already know. 
There are some issues stopping the run. I think Green Bay was more than happy to let Philly run the ball because they were going to make Carson Wentz make throws. He couldn't do it. That's ultimately what put Jalen Hurts into the ball game. And even he made the critical mistake at the end to Darnell Savage to seal the win. And then offensively, they played more or less the way we thought. I mean, they didn't get that many possessions. They scored when they needed to score. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers. What else do you need to know? I mean, this this pretty much went to form. I thought 30-16, to 16, if you had told me before the game that would have been the final score, I would have said bet. In fact, I almost exactly predicted that because I said this was going to be a 30-17 to 17 kind of game, 30-16 to 16 kind of game, and, and there would be a late touchdown. Darnell Savage prevented the late touchdown, but otherwise pretty true to form. Okay, so where do the Packers stand now? Well, Seattle lost. And not only did Seattle lost, Seattle lost to the Giants. And the Giants are now in first place in the NFC East. And they're a game and a half up on the Eagles. A game up on Washington who plays later this week. I think Washington is the best team in that division. It doesn't matter because whoever they play in the first round, uh, they're going to lose. But here's the deal. The reason this exchange was so huge the Packers are now 9-3, 5-1 at home, and 7-2 and in the conference. New Orleans is 10-2. They beat the Falcons again with Taysom Hill, but they've got the Chiefs in a couple weeks. They've still got to play the Vikings. They've still got to play the Panthers. We assume Drew Brees is going to be back for the Chiefs game. That was reported on Sunday. We're not 100% sure on that. And, and you hope that, that he's only going to play when he's ready. If the Chiefs beat the Saints... And the two teams finish with the same record. We know what happens. If if the Packers win out, if they finish 13-3, and three, they beat the Lions, they beat the Bears, they beat the Titans, they beat the Panthers. 13-3. and three. And the Saints win out except for that Chiefs game. They're 13-3. and three. No one else in the conference can catch them because the Rams already have four losses, the Seahawks already have four losses, and the Buccaneers already have five losses. And we know no one in the NFC East is coming freaking close. Green Bay is in position here to come through with the one seed. If they win out, I would predict they will be the one seed just because of, of what's happening with uh, the the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to go in and and probably beat the, beat the Saints. I think they're the better team. And that's, I think, the better team, especially in in this year, you know, with COVID and all the stuff, the home game stuff doesn't really matter. So I think the Chiefs are the best team in the league. The the Chiefs win that game. The Packers get the bye week. And I know there are going to be a lot of fans who say, well, the Packers don't play well coming off byes. Forgetting, of course, that the Packers beat the Seahawks at home coming off their bye. The other thing is it's not just the bye. It's not just the bye. You want the Saints to have to come to Lambeau. You want Drew Brees. You want Tom Brady. You want Jared Goff. You want Russell Wilson to have to play at Lambeau when it's minus five. Because we know Aaron Rodgers can play in those conditions. We know this Packers offensive line and run game translates in those conditions. We saw what they were able to do to the Seahawks last year in Lambeau. How do you think things would change in Tampa if... 94-year-old Tom Brady has to come to Lambeau Field and it's minus 12 with the wind chill. 
How do you think he responds? How do you think Mike Evans responds to that? How do you think Antonio Brown responds to that? They don't look like the same team all of a sudden. Not to mention, you get the one seed. Now you get to play the lowest rated team in the in the second round. So, you know, right now, let's say let's say this plays out the way that we're thinking. Okay. Green Bay gets the one. New Orleans gets the two. And we still don't know between LA and Seattle who is going to be the three. I think the Rams are the better team. They get the impressive win on Sunday. So let's say they're the three. Well, if the the Seahawks and the Rams each win out, um, which I guess is not possible because the Rams and the Seahawks play one more time. If the Rams win the division, they're the three. Uh, that means the the four is the the Giants, and you get five, six, you get Tampa and Seattle. And then you figure it out from there. Well, those teams could they could win their first round matchups, couldn't they? I mean, if we get Tampa, New Orleans round three, who knows what happens there? We could get Seattle, Seattle, New Orleans, because it looks like whoever would, you know, it'd be the Saints would be the two. Well, they don't get the bye. Well, Russell Wilson could absolutely go to New Orleans and spring the upset. Wouldn't you love to see that trash Seahawks defense come to Green Bay and try and stop Aaron Rodgers again? I mean, they looked awful on Sunday. I mean, terrible. I mean, they lost to the Giants and not even with Daniel Jones. I mean, they couldn't beat Colt McCoy in a game that had huge importance because if they win, I mean, they're still in the mix for that first round by. They couldn't do it. That's why we can't take any of these wins or losses for granted. I mean, the Packers, we are we going to really quibble over how they won a game that they won by 14 against the team with a chance to win its division in the Eagles? And the Eagles, by the way, still have a chance to win their division. When, you know, the, the the Seahawks are out here losing to Colt McCoy. We can't take these things for granted. The Packers are going to coast to the NFC North crown. The question is going to be where they sit in the playoffs once they get to the postseason. And so these wins where, you know, the defense is able to do enough. The pass rush really got going six sacks on Eagles quarterbacks, 11 quarterback hits. They get the interception. Aaron Rodgers does whatever he wants, a couple drops, and yet they still get to 30 points, no problem. You know, you get a B effort and you win by 14 in the NFL. You know you're a good football team. And in, in the NFC, you know, point differential is one of those things that that you really have to, to think matters. Right now, Green Bay is plus 80 in point differential. Well, the Saints are plus 106. They're the only other team with a point differential as good as Green Bay. The Bucks plus 64. The Rams plus 58. The Seahawks only plus 32. The Packers are clearly one of the two best teams in the conference. And they already beat the Saints without their best offensive weapon. Now, the Saints didn't have Michael Thomas either. But Green Bay went in there, throwing to Alan Lazard, and whooped up on the Saints. It's hard for me to think that they're not either the best or second best team in the NFC. And this is something we've talked about on this program. It's something that I've written about. Too many times in Aaron Rodgers' career, he hasn't been the best team. He hasn't been on the best team. In fact, the year they won the Super Bowl, he wasn't on the best team. But he played well enough in the playoffs that it didn't matter. In 2011, they were 
the best team, at least in the NFC, and they didn't win. But after that, it's tough to make the case that in any season, at any point, going into the playoffs or at the end of the season, that they were the best team. They lost to a 49ers team in 2012 that was better than them. They lost in 2013 to a 49ers team that was better than them. And regardless of how the first 58 minutes played out in 2014, they lost to a Seahawks team that was better than them. Now, they absolutely should have won that game, but that Seahawks team was better. They lost to a Cardinals team in 2015, clearly better in 2016. That Falcons team was clearly better. 2017, 2018, we know what happened in those seasons. In 2019, they lost to a 49ers team that was clearly better. Who is the team this year in the NFC, as you look around the conference, that they could lose to and you could say, yeah, that team was clearly better? Because the Bucs, you know, they're an 11-5 team at best. Green Bay should be a 13-3 team. They're going to be favored, you know, by five plus points probably in every game the rest of the way, even against the Titans, especially after the way the Browns put the bang thing on the Titans on Sunday. They're better. Green Bay's better. Regardless of what happened on the field, I think Green Bay is better. And and they've been more consistent over the course of the season. It's not just the one game. Are they better than the Saints over the course of the season? It's close, but they did beat them in New Orleans. And for whatever home field advantage means in COVID, it doesn't mean nothing. This is going to be one of the rare years where it looks like Green Bay has a chance to be the best team, at least in the NFC. You go to the Super Bowl and you lose to Patrick Mahomes, you know, you tip your hat. The Chiefs are awesome. That team is awesome. Patrick Mahomes is otherworldly. And if you lose to Patrick Mahomes, you just say, look, you know, you, you run into a generational quarterback in his prime the same way the Steelers did when they faced Aaron Rodgers back in 2010. But if you're gonna if you're gonna get a win, I mean, what how amazing would the narrative be? Either the Packers beat the Chiefs 38-34 in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes against Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the NFL is licking its chops to get a matchup like that in. And you know what? If the Packers get the one seed, I would put money on that being the matchup. Before we finish up, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it's even more delicious than ever with new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, and so much more. The thing about protein bars is not only do they usually not taste great, they've got a bad consistency. They're a chore to chew. It feels like homework. Ugh, I know I'm eating healthy food. These bars are covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. And they're low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer 
bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store i do want to just make one last point as we finish up here matt lafleur has not been given enough credit for what he's done this season and, you know, I got I got a little heated on Twitter yesterday when Emmanuel Acho, who I'm a big fan of, said, you know, it's a two it's a two coach race for coach of the year, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Stefanski. And I thought, you know, why? Why? Because all offseason I heard, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers, you know, the, the numbers were, were not not great. And and they're going to regress, and they need these weapons, and and they don't they don't they didn't get anybody, and they didn't get better, and and they're not trying to win, and Aaron Rodgers, and the front office is they're not committed to winning, and this defense sucks, and you know they can't stop the run, and this is the the, the close game regression is going to get them. You you heard it, I know you heard it. We talked about a lot of it, frankly, on the show, and I didn't take the same perspective, but we certainly talked about those ideas. Yet here the Packers are 9-3. and three. Yeah, the close game luck regressed. But guess what? They didn't have to win a close game on Sunday. Because they beat down the Eagles. In a game that really they, they dominated most of the night. Not a close game. They won. What this offense has done in terms of the leap that they've made. I mean, they went from the worst play action team in the league to the best. Aaron Rodgers went from a quarterback who was, you know, maybe the eighth or 10th best guy in the league last year, just last year. Don't freak out just last year. And this year, only Patrick Mahomes has an argument for being better than him. They are the second best offense in football. This team is really, really good. And even with injuries, Shuffling along the offensive line, Devontae Adams misses time, Alan Lazard misses a month. You've got injuries on the defensive side. You, you, know, you lose your starting cornerback. Preston Smith comes in, doesn't play nearly as well. You lose your, you know, your your prized free agent linebacker acquisition, and and your defense isn't playing as well. The guys don't don't rush the passer the same way. And yet you keep winning games because the offense is that much better because Matt LaFleur makes this jump as a play caller and a play designer, and no one seems to be paying attention to it because he has Aaron Rodgers, the same guy in the offseason, and for the last few years. The, the the mainstream media I mean I don't I don't mean to go full message board conspiracy theory on this but the mainstream media says is washed I, I'm not you know I'm not going to get into you know conspiracy theories or anything like that or like oh woe is me the mainstream media picking on Aaron Rodgers whatever no 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 play better and it's not a big deal and Rodgers was not up to par the last few years but the idea that Matt LaFleur should not be given credit because of Aaron Rodgers was something that happened last year. It has to be over. We have to be done with it. He is an incredible play caller and play designer. He is proving that. He has reset the culture in Green Bay. And he absolutely deserves credit 
for what he's done with this team, taking them from the disaster that we saw with Mike McCarthy and turning them into a bona fide Super Bowl contender two years in a row. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.